Let us pray. Merciful God, the fountain of living water, you quench our thirst and wash away our sin. Give us this water always. Bring us to drink from the well that flows with the beauty of your truth through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. But I say it 
this out of love because we are working to keep each other safe, especially older people. You are helping them by staying home. So we thank you for that. And I know Jesus is proud of us all. But what I think is really amazing to remember today is that even if you are not here, you are still with us, and that is because of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the whole reason Jesus sent the Holy Spirit is that so that he could be with us no matter where we are. So if you're sitting home on your couch, or around the table, or playing outside, or whatever you might be doing, know that Jesus is with you and holding you in his care, even if we can't see each other. So let's join together and do a repeat prayer. Dear Jesus, help us take care of each other. Keep us safe. Be with those who are sick. And thank you for being with us, no matter where we are. We love you, Jesus. Amen. First reading is from the book of Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? 
Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks those, seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world, the Gospel of the Lord. Well, it is good to be with you, however we are able to be together these days. Facebook, recordings, in prayer, the Holy Spirit is here among us and keeping us connected. We trust that truth today and every day. Well, like many of you, I love this story of the woman at the well. And as I thought about preaching today, I thought it might be good for us to just hear her story. So I took some time to imagine what it must have been like meeting Jesus for her and kind of just wrote the story in my own words. It's a story about Jesus coming to her in a hard time, 
It's a story about how very much community matters. And it is a story about how we often come through hard times stronger for them at the end. So sit back and take a drink of your coffee and have a listen. From the window of her tiny stone house, she watched all of the other women of the village get ready to go to the well. One of them leaned into her friend and then threw back her head in laughter as she nearly dropped the clay urn she was placing on her head. They waited for the older women and corralled the little girls as they walked as one to Jacob's well, the one he had given to his son, Joseph. A little girl in braids held her grandmother's deeply lined hand slowing her steps as she pointed out the morning birds and practically every other thing she saw. The women gossiped, and then she heard someone say, I have a stone you can use to grind your meal. I heard yours broke. Relief swept across the young woman's face, and she wondered if she might have a husband who wouldn't take well to her breaking things. She knew all about that. Some of the women began to sing. Barukata Adonai, Eloheinu Melakaholam. She joined her voice to theirs as she busied herself in her small house, kneading the bread that would feed the man with whom she lived. She felt a tear trickle down her cheek, and she wiped it off with the back of her hand, leaving flour in its place. If only she didn't have to wait until the heat of the midday to go and get her water. But she was not one of them, she knew that. Not only was she a Samaritan, she had the bad luck of having five husbands. Each could be explained if they only gave her a chance. Emil had the accident. Levi just didn't wake up one morning. Oh, she could go on, but what good would that do? They all thought she was cursed. That was why she hadn't married again. She walked out to her yard and stoked the fire of her clay ovens, placing the bread inside, and then she sat down. It was already warm. She felt sweat drip down her spine. She put her head in her hands and prayed, God, I am so lonely. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, have mercy on me. She took a deep, shuddering breath, gathered her skirts and the now fragrant loaf of bread and brought it inside for her breakfast. After her morning chores, the sun was almost straight overhead, so she grabbed her urn and started down the long dirt road to the well. Dust swirled around her, and her sandals turned the color of sand. Her feet were caked with dirt. Her heels cracked. A dark-as-night strand of her hair stuck out of her head covering and was wet and plastered to her forehead. She licked her cracked lips and felt a pain in her dry throat as she swallowed. She longed to get to the well. 
She squinted her eyes as the well came into view. Was that someone there? The hot air danced in waves as a man came into view. Should she continue? Should she turn back? This was not proper. But her dry throat and desperation won out and she continued her walk. As she got closer to the well, the man came into focus. He had dark eyes and his dry, cracked and dirty feet were a mirror of her own. Sweat stained his armpits. He said to her, give me a drink. She almost dropped and shattered her water jug with the shock of what he said. It was all she could do not to scream. How could you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria, she blurted out. She thought of how no Jews ever came here. They had a road they had built that went clear around her town, adding miles to the relatively short walk from Judea to Galilee just to avoid being around dirty Samaritans, as they called her people. They didn't share a road, let alone drink out of the same cup, and yet he had asked her to give him a drink. Then the man started talking about living water. He said if she knew who was talking to her, she would have asked him for a drink. She looked at him, threw back her head, and laughter spilled forth. Sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? She was chiding him and added in a teasing tone, Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? For as yet unknown reasons, she found she felt safe and comfortable with the man. But she held her breath. Had she gone too far to point out their common ancestor, Jacob? Jews and Samaritans, everyone always pointed out their differences, but she knew they were cut from the same cloth. He didn't dismiss her. Instead, he invited her to ask him for what she needed. He said, the water from the well is just water, but he was offering her a different kind of water, the kind that would gush up and become in her a spring of eternal life. She imagined all that water cleaning the dirt off of her body. She wanted to jump into that spring and feel the dirt on her feet turn to mud. She wanted to dive under and feel her hair fan out as she cooled off. She knew that water would change everything, and she thought she might die with the want of it. Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty again or have to keep coming here to draw water. She heard herself ask for what she felt like she had waited her whole life to ask. She sucked in her breath. Had she been too bold? Go. Call your husband and come back. The Jew locked eyes with her. It was like he was peering into her soul. She was as certain as she had ever been of anything that he knew exactly what she was going to say. I have no husband, she whispered. 
Then she sat down, her shoulders slumping under the weight of the burdens she carried. With tenderness, he said he knew her. He knew she had had five husbands and the one she was with was not her husband. He said it without a hint of judgment. She felt strength returning to her weary soul. No one else dared to say such things, although she heard their whispers. But he held her life as if in the palm of his hands and lifted it out of darkness and into the light of that bright noonday sun. This was no ordinary Jew. You're a prophet, I see, she said, as she felt her brain flicker to life. She had long thought of herself as if she and Samaria were one and the same. When her people had been captured eons ago by the Assyrians, they were settled in five villages, and each village had worshipped the local god. The word for husband and Baal, the fertility god, are the same word. She and Samaria had both had five Baals, husbands. She lamented her fickle people, breaking the most important commandment of not worshipping any other gods. It was where the hatred from the Jews had started. She silently thanked her father for teaching her the history of her people right alongside her brothers. Excitement welled up as the question she had stored up for years spilled out of her. Where are we supposed to worship? Is it the mountain of Moses or the temple in Jerusalem? She knew the Torah. One could argue for either place. But he turned her questions around, and he pointed to himself. Salvation is coming from the Jews, he told her. And where you worship will soon matter not one bit. What matters is worshiping in spirit and in truth, he said. I know a Messiah is coming. I've heard the stories. When he comes, he'll tell us everything. Her back straightened as she talked to the man. It was like he saw her mind, and he wasn't afraid of her questions. Never in her all of her days had she met such a person. I am. He leaned in, took her hands in his, and his eyes searched out her soul. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. She gasped at the use of the ego, ami, the words Moses had heard up on the mountain, the name of the most holy God of Israel, a name so holy it was unspeakable. Was he saying what she thought he was? She hadn't even heard the approach of the others. Her head snapped up and she looked at the group. Some of them were calling him rabbi. Others were kneeling at his feet. Their eyes told her that they were astonished. For the two of them to be alone at a well, well, it was a scandal waiting to happen. But they held their tongues and said not a word. They must have been used to this man breaking through barriers, taking an outsider and bringing them right in through the front door and setting them in a place of honor. One of the men shook his head and she heard him whisper, who is the teacher welcoming now? 
It was said with such affection and not a little bit of worry. It hit her like a bolt of lightning and she knew what she had to do. She gathered up her skirts, stood up and almost ran back to the city, leaving her jar at the well. Her eyes scanned the horizon for someone, anyone she could talk to. It was like there was this living water inside her and she just had to let it flow. She grabbed the sleeve of Nathan, the old man who sat at the gate of the, of the city, chewing on a blade of grass every day. Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? The words just poured out of her as she called into windows and down dark alleys. Everyone must know this. Everyone must meet this man, she thought. The townsfolk were slow to respond at first. Some were skeptical, but some were full of hope. Some were anxious and fearful. They knew of this woman, but none of them had ever talked to her before, of course. But something about her excitement and the way her eyes blazed with light made them want to know more. Could they have this thing that had given her so much light and life? They followed her to the well, the whole way, to whoever she could, she repeated her story. He told me everything I've ever done. Her shame was gone. She was with her people. They were walking together to the well and to her Lord. As they gathered at the well and heard for themselves, many came to believe just as she did. She stood back and marveled at his attention to everyone who approached as though they were the only two people on earth. She, they begged him to come and stay in their city, and he did for two days. After he left, the townsfolk told her, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. We got to see it for ourselves that this is truly the savior of the world. She practically skipped back to her little house. She felt so light. The savior of the world right here, he looked at me and loved all of me, the good, the bad, the ugly. She truly would never thirst again. She shook her head, <laughs> giggled and raised her eyes and arms in praise. Dear friends in Christ, whatever well you sit at today, whatever worries fill your hearts, no matter who you are or what you have done, know this, Jesus is right with you, offering you everything, his life, his love, his forgiveness, his spirit, his living water. Lord Jesus, give us all of these, your gifts, today and every day. Amen.
Let us pray. God, we pray for our country, our government, leaders, schools, and communities. We pray to you.
Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our world, for world leaders, for those who are hurting, and for those in need. We lift our world to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for those in our lives who grieve, who are ill in body, mind, or spirit, for the needs of those we love, including all who are on our bulletin prayer list. We pray to you. God, we particularly lift up to you this day those who are struggling with the COVID-19 virus, those who are struggling with anxiety that surrounds this pandemic. We lift up those to you who are on the front lines, who are first responders, who are in our medical facilities. We pray that you would give them strength as they prepare and as they care for patients. May all of our hands be filled with your grace and your love. May our eyes be open to serve. And may our thoughts and prayers and hearts uh, be with those and surround those with love who are in special need of your care during this time. Hold our community, our country, and our world in your care. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Gather all of our prayers and shower us with all the gifts we so love to give. Your peace, your grace, your forgiveness, your healing, and your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. We invite you who are viewing this online, whether it's by video or here on Facebook Live, to share the peace with those around you. If you uh, find yourself alone, please... Uh, share that piece uh, as typing the comments to share peace with one another and know that you are connected to us and to others around you through Christ's Spirit. Peace, Lord. Peace, Lord, be with you. Just a few announcements this morning, and I'll talk to those. Please be seated. I invite you to be seated. To those who are 
here, but also um, those who are joining us uh, online. Uh, the first is that uh, all of our gatherings for this week uh, are canceled, postponed, well, canceled, I guess, for this week. Um, that includes our youth nights, and that includes our gathered worship on Wednesday night. However, we will once again, uh, and with some practice, be available online through Facebook Live. We will also record the Wednesday message as we continue with the questions that we've had um, and been journeying through this Lenten season. So if you're joining us maybe and not part of this congregation or not used to that pattern, um, please know that you can join us on Wednesday night uh, at around 6.45 for that worship time uh, together as well to bless you in the midweek. I also want to let you know that we as staff are going to be meeting this Monday to talk about how we can continue to stay connected. We do continue to be the church. You are the church. We are the church together. And so we will continue to figure out ways to use technology and other ways as a blessing uh, to stay uh, connected to one another. Um, and I think that is all I have at this time. Uh, oh, I wanted to uh, invite forward our congregational president, Dave Soini, as he has a message for all of us as well. is David Soini. I am the Council President of Silverdale Lutheran Church. Among other things, it is mine and the Council responsibility and commitment to constantly monitor the national pandemic and financial situation here at Silverdale Lutheran Church. It is very important for you to know and be aware that while we don't want to add to the fear and hysteria, we want to be cautious and care for the most vulnerable among us. We accept that there has been and will continue to be a significant impact to Silverdale Lutheran Church's programming and worship services. We are addressing these issues by the minute, by the hour, and daily, as best we can. But we are all operating in totally unfamiliar territory. I am grateful for the conversations the council, the trustees, and the pastors had this week. While we want to be faithful and responsible, we also want to maintain a sense of God's presence, even as we practice physical distancing and streaming this service to you. I hope each of you have taken time to read my letter sent on Thursday via email. It is in regard to our financial situation here at Silverdale Lutheran. If you have not read it, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible. Please contact the church on Monday if you have not received that letter via email. To sum it up, we need your financial help. The moment is now. Our giving is not covering our expenses by approximately $2,500 per week. And now this pandemic poses an additional challenge to our ministry. To be operating in a financial shortfall and have a pandemic on top of that is not something anyone could have imagined. We'll be contacting you, each of you, via US mail and email with a pledge drive starting at the end of March. Please be looking for it and return the card via mail, drop it off, or return email. Your pledge will be confidential with the exception that our financial secretary will tell you the results. The council will then use the total increase to plan and look ahead for the rest of the year. But more importantly, we continue to be the church. We are blessed by your time here and know your ministry team and our staff at Silverdale Lutheran Church are a once-in-a-lifetime pool of talents. I encourage you to look for ways to help each other, especially those who are in high-risk categories and are staying at home. 
take care of yourselves and follow the CDC guidelines, we are doing the same here at Silverdale Lutheran. I leave you with this one little saying that has become kind of familiar to me. Hang in there, <clears throat> every storm runs out of rain. God's peace to you.
Let us pray. God of life, we give these offerings in gratitude and faith, trusting that you will provide for our needs. We give these offerings in hope, knowing you can use them to spread your love in this world. And with these offerings, we give ourselves. May we live with generous hearts and open hands. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Easter feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread blessed it broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and again how he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin do this in remembrance of me Lord, gather us as we remember how you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please know for you, those of you who are viewing at home that as you um, come to this, this place uh, uh, via Facebook or, or YouTube, that you receive these blessings, all the blessings of Christ's presence here as well. That you are loved, that you are forgiven, that you are a child of God and held in Christ and filled with his presence, even though you cannot be here for this meal. Know those promises are true for you.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and with mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
and spirit-led. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.